Yo, 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 bro. What's up, man? <laughs> this is buzzy. This, this is actually buzzy. This is like a huge step up for us from, um, yeah, the last time you would have watched one of these podcasts. Yeah, this is like, it's probably nearly a year to the day, Yeah, to be honest, because this was like, this is, and for those who are watching, you know it, it's the sort of sweets podcast. Yeah. It's not really like premeditated or anything, but yeah, it's been about a year. It has been a year. And and so many different things are kind of come into fruition um, off since the, that. Off know? the back of that podcast, eh? Cause yeah. That's, I mean, that's the main thing, bro. Like, yeah. we've done so much in that year. Yeah. And we've, uh, we've changed as people. Yeah. But then our skill sets mm. with everything have, like, amped up. Like, you probably see now there's this, like, cool bit of gear, which... I've been wanting for a while, like yeah, and it's just cool to kind of start elevating it up into something different, eh? Like, I think I think that lockdown period for both of us was like it was it, it sparked something, you know, a lot of ideas that we've had in our mind, and you know, things that we've talked about for probably like the last decade, but now they're actually plus. starting to come into effect, eh? Decade plus, eh? Yeah, Dec- like, yeah, fuck, time flies. So because yeah. we're like, this yeah. is like fifteen, this is like a fifteen year plus journey, like, yeah. Definitely. In yeah. the last, like, year. And we, we are probably an example of stuff that happened from lockdown. Yeah. And it's like my, my series, like, Time is a Precious Commodity, like, that wasn't even something that I premeditated, but it just sort of naturally happened during that period. It worked, and, uh, Yeah, and in a big way, yeah. um, like, you really gave me a motivation to keep that shit going as well. Like, right. you, like oh, you can make it a series. And I think I kind of knew that, but... It just kind of happened. I didn't really yeah. think it would happen. And yep. then we started talking regularly, um, yeah. you know, and, and recording the conversations. Because I don't mean yeah. that's what, like, a sort of sweets is, eh? And, like, I mean, like, there's a, people who have watched our sort of sweets thing before, but they follow us individually on different things. But yeah, similar to a time is precious, yeah. I started my, I knew I wanted to do vloggies, as I call them, or whatever I wanted to do. I thought I was ready, but I wasn't, Yeah, like, back then. So I had to really get my training in. So yeah. I did like a, a vlog a day over that level four lockdown and that really honed my skills yeah, and confidence yeah, in doing whatever. And actually understanding like what to do and talk about because I didn't know. Yeah, and well, I think like the journey we're on with with Assorted Sweets is trying to replicate the conversations that we just have or we've had for years and years whenever we catch up, have a beer, have a, have a coffee, whatever. Yeah, hard. We're trying to bring that energy to like a podcast, you know? Exactly, because yeah. like it is pretty much that sort of, our friendship became stronger. Not to say that we needed the podcast to have it, I think we just need a river, mate. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. like we, there's always times that we were probably like, I always have the intention to like link up and yeah. like have a have a chat. But we kind of do it like at least once a week now, eh? It's yeah. kind of like our, our little like a sort of sweets business call. Yeah, that's that is cool. talking about a lot of personal stuff, maybe for like a quarter mm. of a time, and sometimes the whole time. Yeah, but the majority of the time, it's talking about like just like your mm. recent like Thomas Precious or yeah, like a podcast that I've done or just general music nerding out because that's just what we love to do and yeah i think in the past like um there's been times just with you know the realities of life things being hectic where we've only been able to catch up every six months or whatnot and those times we've just had so much um 
fucking built up music, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> musical experiences. And when we link up, we're just like, boom, boom, boom. And it's <laughs> like, can be a kind of a bit draining sometimes <laughs> yeah. eh, when we do it because we both are a bit like, oh. I got like, all this to get out. Like, yeah, it's yeah. crazy. <laughs> but like, I think like, and like, for that context for anyone who's watching, it's like, of, but it's Easter and I've kind of, and this is probably the third time this year that I've actually come down to Otaki and Kapiti Coast and Wellington because yeah. I love it down here. Yeah. But it's just making that. I'm real good at coming up with ideas. What we'll say pre, pre-lockdown. I was real good at coming up with ideas. Yeah. And having ideas, 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 but not actually following through with them because I'll get distracted. Mm. And now it's just because I like my bipolar stuff. Mm. I wouldn't. I would be just chasing different ideas and being like, real. when I try to get them done, I wouldn't be able to action them because I would just get too distracted. Now I know more about myself, which is another thing that probably helped last year. Yeah. Being a bit more vulnerable with the mm. vloggies. And then I can't do a podcast if I'm not being who I am because mm. I want to be myself. Mm. And that has affected all my work stuff as well. Yeah. But once I took that step of, putting myself out there and actually talking about everything is sorted in my head mm. and having confidence in it and everything that I was saying. It, it meant that like when I had an idea, I could execute it really quickly. Yeah. Which is probably the same with like time. It's just true, day. man. Yeah. Like it's nuts. I think one of the most important things is they say it's one point for the plan, nine points for the execution. Like anyone who does anything creative, like whether it's rapping, whether it's podcasting, whether it's drawing, whether it's whatever it is, like, Sometimes you just need to start hard, but just do the it. hardest thing for a lot of people is actually just having the courage to start. And sometimes you just got to accept, like maybe at first it'll be a bit shit. It won't be exactly the way you envisioned it, but you need to start and you need to practice hard. And that's one thing I like, I learned from you, like particularly we were kind of going through two different like journeys. Yeah. But kind of the same thing. Like we're kind of heading in the same direction. Yeah. Yeah. Career wise as well as just creative wise. Yeah. It's, but that's just how our brothershiphood thing works, you know. Yeah. Like we're constantly kind of very stars aligned in the same thing. We're kind of thinking very similar things, not exactly the same things. Yeah, yeah. But like synergies and energies work up. So mm. it's like I learned a lot from how you just get stuff done. But I, it's not like I never got stuff done. I just didn't have a huge amount of focus because I always got distracted with stuff. Mm. But then definitely that lockdown. But it, man, had I used structure, to, I used, it had structure, eh? I used to, a big thing. Like, I'm not saying, you know, in the past, man, like, I would take, with my music, for example, like, I would take um, ages to write a song. I'd, like, fraternise over, like, every lyric. I'd cross it out and mm. record it. It would sound shit. I would feel shit. I'd be like, ah, oh, no, I'm going to put that away, stop for a little bit and start again. You know, it's taken me quite a quite a long time to get to the point where, like, I can be super prolific and, you know, put in that time and it doesn't take, it's just like second nature now writing rhymes uh, and stuff. It might seem super easy now, but like, it wasn't. There, there's a lot of a backstory there. You yeah, know? hard. Yeah. And it's even like with my stuff of how I translate everything that I've done in the last 10 years, because we both had different journeys in the last 10 years, but they were very good at like learning. Like everything's like a sponge. That's yeah. kind of my analogy. And like for me, everything I do has intention. Like, yeah. I don't want to do anything that I don't believe in. But then I can't overthink things. So I do overthink things mm. a lot. And that's kind of when I started saying no. Like, 
I just started second guessing myself. Yeah. Which, like, I was like, nah, nah, nah. Like, bad responses from people. Like, they didn't understand, like, what I was trying to do. But I, like, started, like, I just woke up. I think it was last year when we had, had our sort of sweets, converts. Like, it was, like, once a week. And mm. it, was that, it was that routine. Yeah. But it felt like it was a safe place to express these ideas with your brother. Yeah. And I was like, oosh, okay, sweet, cool. Because that gave me the fuel. But over the lockdown, we had nothing but creative stuff. Like, we were just on a wave. Mm. Like, mm. I, I see those those early uh, versions of that as basically, man, we were just like, we had all these ideas like bottled up and all we needed to do was just like throw all the paints at the wall just like you know we just discussed everything went here left right but like that's what we needed to do and like that's probably what we're, we're going to keep doing for a little while until we yeah. like we find our groove you know uh, i'm all about that you need to just get all the ideas out sometimes and then see them on the blank canvas and be like okay this is where i'm going to go now hard because like our first we probably did four five maybe four to five a sort of sweets yeah but it's like such a learning where we kind of used to because we like study the game and study interviews and probably, I don't know, we just like, we kind of nerded out there. We like had worked together like that on our first collaborative sort of effort. And then it was like, wow, we said that. We went there, like that's dope. But it was again, it was kind of a concept. Like I wouldn't say by no means were we like, we were kind of into interviews before like it was a big thing. I'm not saying we were the first people because there would have been other people. But like before... I really knew about podcasting like when we were like early I mean late teens early 20s like we were both like religiously watching fucking rap interviews and just like nerds of the culture eh? and podcasts is like such a like a thing like yeah. I it's become a thing it's become a thing but like podcasts are not actually it's only called podcasts because like you remember like when people had iPhones yeah it's like iPod and like casting whatever like yeah it's what a podcast is but it used know. to be like an app on the phones I'm like, oh what is that you know but like you <laughs> could have like a news segment and it could be a podcast it's just mm. people having a conversation I, I, I want you to have a think about what is like the first uh podcast that you experienced or you got into are we talking about podcasts or our definition of what a podcast is which it, is just it, content it, yeah it can be con- it can be content but but like recorded content okay. recorded content yeah I think we probably have one. It's like, would you classify Hollow Hour as one? It's not a. It's not a podcast. I wasn't really thinking that. Not like that direction. You were yeah. thinking actual podcast stuff. Yeah, I was thinking more internet era. So oh, oh yeah. okay. It would just be like Hot Nine Seven, Ebro in the mornings. Yeah. Or like radio interviews. Yeah. Because I always wanted to like do radio interviewing. Mm. Like, I think they're like having a radio show is like a cool thing. Yeah. But just like talking to people. I mean, that's where like any interviews, like even like when like, and I'm kind of digressing a little bit, but I kind of like, it's why I love like that format of just like asking a question and we get an answer. Mm. And then you could ask the same question to the same person and get like, or different, no, you can ask the same question to like five different people, but you get a different answer. Yeah, that's and that's true. Sh- that just blows my mind because that's kind of where I do all my nine to five stuff. Like, I no th- one's different. But I think that's why, like, if one of your favorite artists is like on a or like one of their interview runs, kind of so to speak, like, generally, if you're really into that artist, like, you'll watch 
like all the different interviews they do because uh, different interviewers bring out different things in the artists. Yeah, and yeah. I think I don't know who I was talking to about it, but maybe I was talking. To, it probably was one of our like offline sort of sweet convos. Like you, a good example is like Ebro, yeah, and Charlemagne, right? Yeah. So there's people that Ebro has a clear relationship with where they're relaxed in a relaxed environment and then they, he can get certain answers out. But then Charlemagne's kind of a, a intimidating kind of figure where the vibe's different. Yeah. So he might ask the same question, but they might be a bit more guarded. Yeah. And vice versa. Yeah. So like what we, because we have similar, we've kind of got like marquee kind of like interview platforms that we listen to or watch. Yeah. But then there's stuff that I watch it's different to what you know we've the Venn diagram yeah yeah, yeah, yeah our example of Venn diagram and that's kind of us yeah because yeah, if we were exactly the same person it would be kind of boring like I know if for a fact that you're real into um, like the Joe Button podcast and like yeah. I am too but I'd probably say you are to a greater extent yeah. and then like I'm probably I'm heavily into drink champs and I know you loosely are too yeah but I probably more am, and then you're you know? more in like Ben Baller yeah I like Ben like Baller you're on that and I've done like yeah. I've dipped and dabbed yeah but then I can't consume. It's like albums. Like yeah. you can't consume every single waking moment, every single album, and have an opinion. You can't be like Anthony Fantano. No. Like, to be fair, though, like I've got to the point now where there's just so much content where I've got all these podcasts saved, and I really only dabble into ones where I'm interested in the the person who's being interviewed because yep. I just don't have the time to have a relationship because there's just so much content. That's know? what. Probably the last year has been like for me when I'm, and I've kind of referenced this before. It's like the Lil Wayne Carter Three documentary. Yeah, and probably I probably watch a lot of documentaries, like hip hop documentaries, and that's probably where we've done a lot as well. Yeah, but like the Lil Wayne, where he's he just listens to himself, mm. and it can be good and bad. Yeah, like but I I study when I started doing a lot of my podcast stuff or interviews or vlogs, but like when you like do a, do a rap or you do when you time is precious commodities. Yeah. Like you are listening to yourself a lot and critiquing yourself. Yeah. But because you at a point where, you know, with all the research that you've done with different podcasts or interviews, like all music, like you're like, yeah, I want to make sure I've got the best output mm. for yourself. Like, yeah. I, I truly believe that, um, your product is as good as what you're a fan of. And I'm not saying that like you replicate what you're a fan of, like you do your own thing, but like what you're a fan of will set the benchmark of like how good you want your content to be. Hard. It's going to like you end up being the average of like, say if you live with like five people yeah, and you only hang out with those five people, you end yeah, up yeah. being the average of them. That's true. It's like that. Yeah. yeah. Like we like. I think in life in general, like, you're the product of like your who, you, who you hang around to a degree, yeah, in your environment, yeah. your surroundings, yeah, definitely. Of like where you draw inspiration from, yeah. Which like we and we all have, like different. you might not always feel you have choice, but I truly believe, like in a country like New Zealand, like you always you do have quite a bit of choice. Do you know what I mean? And we like talked about this like when we just had our like coffee out and about, and yeah. it wasn't again. This is kind of loosely premeditated doing a face to face one, which for us, bro, like that's. A fire one because it's, yeah. it's our first face to face actually <laughs> doing that. Like, like legit, this was not planned. We were planning just to plug this in and 
just have a look at and it. And just have a little go, <laughs> and then we'll just do it, which is fire. But yeah. I mean, we talked about like Kiwi culture yeah. is very much, because we're a bit late to certain things, like we're kind of set. Mm. Like maybe, oh, we've just got a, a larger pool to draw from. Yeah. Like we pull from everywhere else outside of New Zealand. Mm. In different niches yeah. Like if you're a, a real big fan of sports For example You look at global stuff mm. But if you're like a rapper in New Zealand Again you've got your upbringing And surroundings and references Yeah, But you also look at the whole game mm. Whereas like Say if you're an American rapper It's very much Majority of what you pull from is in your own country Yeah, But we kind of look at A lot of other inspirations outside of kind of those mainstream, because America is mainstream. Yeah. Um, or UK. But probably America, only really looks at America, not yeah. a huge amount of UK stuff. Whereas we've got that tie, so we see the differences. Like, I feel like... I think because we're not tied to one specific region, like people who live in the US, like, you know, if you live in Chicago or you live in New York, or you, live in, you might be a little bit biased to the music in that region, to a degree. Like, that is eroding, like it is, but, like, for us in New Zealand, we've always just been able to pick, like, whatever comes to us that we like the most, whether that's from the UK or whether that's from Atlanta or Houston or wherever it comes from. We've been able to, like, decide. So our I think our tastes have always been quite eclectic as Kiwi, yeah. like, hip-hop that's, music fans. And I think that's, like, a good representation of the day. It's, like, we've got a... And it's not to say, I think we've said it in different sort of suites, like the OG ones. Like, yeah. It's not to say that we're up ourselves, but we're just students and studied everything. Yeah. And to that point, America, like the hip hop culture is being, it's like a movie to us because mm. we're not in it. Like, as a fan, mm. we can look at its influence at a global scale more yeah. than, say, someone who's just in New York who just has a New York sound. Or someone who's in LA who has that yep. that bounce and that G funk kind of inspiration. So we look at everything in totality, yeah, from where it started to where it's gone now and the ripples it has in even our music landscape. Because in a way, like what you're saying is like our vantage point is like we're standing right back, and when you stand right back from something, you see the big picture, the big picture. Yeah. Yep. And it's kind of where, like, you see, like, yeah, you see everything from all angles mm. of, like, how brands perform, mm. how hip-hop has influenced everything at a global scale, yeah. how pretty much for the last, like, 10 years has, like, really been a shift. Yeah. Like, DSPs and everything, like, we, it's the best way, yeah, it's the best way to explain it. Like, our vantage point is that we are so far removed, mm. but at the same time, we're not so far removed that we're not in touch with everything. Yeah. Because we just see everything that's happening because of social media. So that's kind of our palettes or what we consume is so varied that all of us it can't be the same person because there's so much global stuff to pull from. Yeah. Which is just interesting. What do, what do you think, like, for you specifically, what, what region of... Uh, music of hip hop music had has had the biggest impact on you as as a fan on me like growing up like think about your teenage years do you think there's a specific coast city that had like musically you just gravitated towards more 
Um, I would like to say West Coast. However, like my rhythm, I want to say rhythm, like when I really got into like dancing back in those like um, Willow Bank parties and stuff, what <laughs> I was listening to wasn't because I had New York or LA on my cap. Yeah. It was like I was real heavy into like ATL. Yeah. However, I thought was, so. Yeah. It was real ATL, like that kind of more that snap, snap movement. Snap music, ringtone. Ringtone stuff because yeah. it was just that melody driven stuff. It was real danceable. It's danceable. Yeah. And it's just like a little bit more like hype, hype yeah. movement. But in terms of just what I would have as a constant bass, what I say constant, it would be West Coast, but it would be that underground West Coast. So while I would have snap music, that is a bit more polarizing verse hieroglyphics. Yeah. Or Dallas Funk Homo Sapien. Or even early on grime in mm. high school. Yeah. Like I even and it's not to say that I was the only one, but mm. relative to like where grime stood in American hip hop culture, we looked at that like, yo. Like if it was in terms of different. people who are fans of that too, that you were around, that was quite quite niche and quite small way. You and know? you mean in high school? Yeah. Even the hip-hop in but high school was... Yeah, probably hip-hop in general, but grime specifically. Grime specifically, yeah. but even like when we listened to Jurassic 5 or Hieroglyphics, like we had a... And probably in our later high school years, like yeah. when we kind of all started growing up and realising that like we yeah. are all different for a reason and yeah. we learn from each other. Because in high school we had that, I don't know, we had like, I wouldn't say like we were like the the dudes. Mm. And I wouldn't say that we, we were kind of in this middle ground. Middle tier. Middle <laughs> tier. But sometimes yeah, the yeah. middle tier is actually like where you kind of want to be, right? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. It, you kind of go under the radar. There's no expectations, eh? There's yeah. no expectations, but you can draw from everything. There's yeah. no pressure to be like the dude. In the or, spotlight. In yeah. the spotlight. Or, or under a lot of pressure and... Criticism and criticism yeah. and academic, like yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, drive. So like we had the balance of it, where we yeah. have room to go up or down. Yeah, yeah. Um, because it kind of is like hard being in the middle sometimes. But you kind of feel, I felt like I know I kind of digress a bit, but it kind but of leads to the fact that we kind of we look at different sources of what people, other people were listening to. Yeah, and like, to be fair, bro, like. You only know what space you occupy and all that shit's just bullshit. You know, it's just sort oh, of labels and whatnot. But, like, we only know what we know, you know? Yeah, hard. Yeah. But then I feel like even growing up, like, we were very accommodating of people's other, like, yeah. styles or even, like, understanding, like, other music, what they're like, even yeah. at a very young age. Like, I think for me, bro, because, like, I obviously I've lived in the far north and I've lived in the deep south. And, like, musically it was just... Um, like growing up up north, it was just like it was just the thing to like. Most people just liked rap, like mm. the majority did. You, you know mean, what I mean? Like came we, down we listened to Tupac, we listened to oh. G Unit, we listened to Snoop Dogg, we, all that stuff. And when I moved south, to be honest, like it's a generalization, but like I was a rural part of a minority. Do you know what I mean? Um, like most people liked uh, rock music and whatnot. Um, Let's listen to down. But like it's funny day. for me. I think I just I. I just went even harder with rap because like that was just what I loved and it kind of was just, that was my lane and it was special to me, you know? And then yeah. I and, and our yeah. connection really formed because of that because I met this dude who was also into rap, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, I've and it was a minority. <laughs> well, I even think like some of our like conversations are still minority 
even yeah. though hip hop is like global. Yeah. Because of our understanding of just understanding of and, and also the era that we came up with. Like yeah. we came up in a, a area that area area and areas and era where area being New Zealand yeah. and era being born in early nineties. Yeah. Where we had to we had to go hunting. Yeah. For stuff. Like yeah, we did. You, it was quite niche to be able to find certain things or it wasn't it was just like on a plate, eh? There for you. No. I and think when I like and especially when I moved south, bro, like we didn't have a real groovy in Whangarei, like in Auckland there was. But like when I went down there, there was like this dope, like there was a huge hip hop um you know, section. Yeah. And like you, I used to just dig in there, bro, and like, oh, like what is this? You know, and then you go home, look yeah. it up on the computer, mm. find out what it was. Yeah. Like that was a special time, eh? And that's kind of like a time that's a little bit been forgotten about. It's sort of a resurgence with vinyl and stuff now, but mm. in terms of CDs, like... The tangibility yeah. and the hunt. Yeah. And even probably... I used to go in there all the time, like every weekend, you know, and just have a little flick through the CDs, you know? Yeah. Like, and I even, like, think of, like, when we were in, like, after we finished high school and in that uni era, like, for us, which was, like, 2008, nine, ten, yeah. around that. Like, even... We full-on didn't have, like, unlimited data plans or smart smartphones or, like... Phones that are actually more powerful than the computers that we grew up on. Yeah, we were we everything. were in the downloading era when you actually had to download the files and yeah, put them on an iPod. Or <laughs> even like computers weren't widely available. Yeah. Like back when we were younger, whereas now it's like digital everything. But like even like from a, yeah, you made a good point. It's like we've seen every single way to consume music up to this point and experienced it for ourselves. Like yeah. listening to like conventional radio. And there was the only way to kind of listen to stuff or what your parents played. Yeah. On like vinyl or when mm. CDs were popping, which was probably when we were just growing up. Yeah. Right? Because we know like CD boom happened in that like late 80s, like early 90s. And then kind of CDs really, it was super special when Wayne went platinum off Carter 3. Because like that was ma- mainly off CD. physical units. But that's like, that's one of the last moments that I personally remember where there was a huge volume of CDs sold. And it was quite unheard of. That's and why hip-hop. it was so special, eh? Yeah. And the time before that was probably when 50 and Kanye went head to head. Like, but the, the game was feeling the pressure of struggling to sell CDs eh, around the mid 2000s, late. Yeah. yeah. It was, that was, and around that time, like the, the ringtone rap and stuff is like where, yeah. There was other forms of... Con- that like was creating consuming. the pressure too, eh? Yeah. yeah, and actually more the internet era of actually people playing music on there and being able to download stuff. Yeah. But again, it was that, that era of Wayne was probably the last... Because that run was crazy. And we've talked about it. Like yeah, we, it was. We, we were in it. But I actually... I think people were amazed that he... No, they weren't. Like, there was a lot of anticipation, but it was still amazing that someone could go platinum off CD sales, you know? Yeah, he wasn't as like big as like. Oh, actually, this is probably a good comparison. It's because Emin, we talked about it before. It's like the Eminem, Dr. Dre, anything affiliated to that. Yeah, was kind of, it was kind of guaranteed. Like yeah, Eminem was the one, but Dre and N.W.A. are the ones who really kind of took it. Yeah, 
but like Eminem drop sweet and then kind of 50 cent, boom, mm. G unit, boom, right? But that's all f- kind of stemming from the Dre tree. But then for Wayne to do what he did, and even T.I. bubbling around that time too, because yeah. th- that year was quite interesting because there were artists that were at the peripheral part of the 50 wave mm. and the Kanye, because it was the Kanye wave, the 50 wave, and the Wayne wave. Yeah. And it's kind of the, for what Wayne did, it was so monumental. Because he was representing himself. Mm. But even like Outcast was doing that before. Yeah. But like Speaker Box Live Below, even though it's a double album, and it, I know it's like Diamond and like yeah. 10 million sailed. But it's only really technically like 5 million because it's, I don't know. I think when you think about the 2000s though, and you think about who the top, top tier were, it was probably early, early was Eminem, then it was 50. Yeah. Kanye. Yeah, then it was Kanye, and then it was Wayne. Hard. I'm yeah. not saying they're like my favorite rappers or anything like that, but I'm saying they like they were the people who, and like, when you think of that time period, right off top, I think of those people. And Nelly, yeah. even though I I miss Nelly sometimes. You'd I miss Nelly last time. Yeah, yeah. There was the, like dilemma, like yeah. that era. Yeah. But again, that was kind of a bit of a different thing. But still, do you put that in in the space of just being like? Like a rap artist, I know that sounds funny because he is a rapper. But I mean, it was in terms of bringing that like rap melody to the main stage. Yeah, because I think about it around that time. Like you had Eminem. I think Jay Z said it in a. Didn't he say it in like a verse? It's like the only ones doing units against us is like M, Pimp Juice and R and yeah. us or whatever. It's like Nelly didn't get that respect from us. Back then, on that level, but when when I look back now, I, I put respect. the respect on hard. I was still. It, it, it would be kind of weird listening to a Nelly record. Like at the time, we all enjoyed Nelly. We loved Nelly, but it's like we weren't putting him. Well, I, I'll speak for myself, but I wasn't putting him in that category up there with those artists. But when I look back now, I'm like, man, he was the man. Hard, yeah. Because like we came up and and again we came up in an era where like. To find the most popping songs was like now music's, yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. And you probably saw I st- actually I did this like thing in my head of like now music. You can actually look at now music one through to. Oh, I can't remember when it was. It was a time just before high school, mm. and you can see the the, the takeover of hip hop, and now music. Like but because because of the the CD became thinking. more dominated with rap music, yeah, and like, now music, yeah, yeah. Which I don't, I don't know if they're still doing those things now, but it would be pretty hard not to have any sort of hip hop influenced track now because it's so global now. But mm. but like, yeah, I to your point, like M, Fifty, Kanye, Wayne, Nelly, and that. Yeah. But Wayne and Kanye at the tail end that influence. Heavily influenced the next 10. Hard. 100%. And Kanye was kind of, if you look back, he was he was actually at one point in time, like, I want, not one point in time, he was a black sheep, but like he was kind of a little bit, he was like 
on the come up to a degree. Like he wasn't quite at that level with college trap, dropout. He wasn't considered that. But when he hit graduation, it was like, whoa, he's, he's reached the big boys. Hub. It was stadium status. Status now. Yeah. yeah. Stadium status, eh? Yeah. Because I was thinking about like Kanye of how, and I was talking about it about. Like he was Kanye defying the odds, Kanye, you know? Because yeah. the music at that point in time, like we've talked about countless times, was it was very it was heavily dominated by like gangster themes. Yeah. But even like there was gangster themes. It kind of went that kind of like boom rap party sort of like move the crowd kind of vibe. Yeah, it was like and club then, music but talking about guns and gang shit and Yeah. Whatever else. Yeah. But like early, early on, yeah. Like that kind of even K R S one and stuff, it was it wasn't like palatable palatable to a like a, a a mainstream audience yeah and then you kind of have acts that kind of made it mainstream and more palatable yeah you got and it then you've yeah. got like eminem and dr dre and stuff in that era that like and they they, they they snoop. made the production value like sound incredible in, in clubs and things like that yeah they like were kind the of snoop s- era yeah yeah like you have to say like thanks to snoop because he was the biggest artist before 50 cent like sales wise Oh, yeah. You kind of forget about that too. Like Snoop had a huge run in the, in the 2000s, eh? Yeah. Hard. I think Rhythm and Gangster and Paid the Cost to Be the Boss. And like he had some big songs. Beautiful, yeah. Drop It Like It's Hot. Do you think about like Kanye was the first artist outside of the, of the biggest artists in hip hop up to that point? There wasn't an artist like that was like using like soul. Mm. Samples and like really like detailed lyricism, like yeah. introspection, outside of in, not to say that Kanye didn't invent sampling. He didn't invent that style of rap because there was Dela, there was Jungle Brothers, there was Tribe, there was so many others like Mos yeah. Def, Tyler, Blackstar, yada yada. The list goes on. Like Soul Squadrons, you know, Roots, whatever. See, but what you're saying right now is Kanye like, comes from that school. He comes from that school. Of like, of native tongues, boom bap, yeah. conscious hip hop. But he's pretty much an amalgamation of all them. I mean, he broke through. Yeah. Because again, we've talked about it of when it got too gangster, mm. you needed someone like a Kanye to go, boom. Kind of shift the culture. Shift right? it. Yep. But then he did it and then the spawn of Kanye didn't really happen until mm. later on, but his sound changed every year. Yeah. It wasn't until graduation when it was like, no, okay, like you can actually do mainstream, have the biggest songs in the world, like graduation, like Homecoming, Stronger, and blending the electronic with rap. And if you look at Kanye, man, he, he sold big units, but he never dominated with like, Two million first week. He never did shit like that. He he sold a lot of units, but he wasn't on that. He was never quite on that fifty level. Not until, yeah. Like you never really talked about Kanye as being like, man, he just sold sh- this much. It wasn't so much focused on the sales. It was more focused on the music. Yeah. Whereas He's there was a time where people were fixated on the sales. Hard, like the Eminem, like fifty did this much, or you know. Yeah, like the status of selling being global yeah. like that yeah yeah because i think that's where like 50 came off the eminem global sensation yeah um and the dre it's global like the reach was there but kanye had to work harder mm. because the sound wasn't you know the stories like yeah he wasn't accepted by like 
Rockefeller. Mm. He had to prove himself, but it was that hunger that made him know he's on this wave. Yeah. Like, what he's doing is actually, it isn't the, f- the flashy era, even though he has elements of that. Mm. But he's a f- pure artist. Yeah, College Dropout was meant to be just like more like a dubbed like a producer album and they were like, oh, we'll just get in like Killer Cam and Jay and stuff and they can do like cool verses and that'll make up for Kanye for Kanye's lack of ability, so to speak. That's, that's a crazy, crazy thought. Yeah. And that's where like Kanye allowed and, – and while like Kanye and 50 were kind of – well, while 50 was on the rise – you know that, like, you know, there was, like, the South was bubbling. Mm. Like, you had the TIs and the Jeezys and mm. what we could probably call the mid- middle tier, to be honest. Yeah. Around that era. Like, you've got, and that's the South movement of kind of gangster rap, but a little bit more mid-tier. Mm. Like the Rosses, the Jeezys. We throw game in there. I think. But at the end of the day, like I think for us, like a lot of our favorite artists are the people that may be considered middle tier. Hard. And because I think that's because our interest in hip hop and rap music is is more niche, right? And sometimes those middle tier artists are just a little bit more, I would say, authentic to themselves and the sound and where they come from. So the middle tier are actually highly influential. 100%. To the game and to the culture. Yeah. More so than people might know. Yeah. And it's starting to come come around now. It is. There's a lane for everybody now. Which is awesome. Yeah. Because, like, hip-hop isn't just... No, the art form of rapping... Mm. Like, you could... Now you... I mean, Linkin Park has elements of hip-hop because Mike Shinoda raps. Yeah. Like, Limp Bizkit. Yeah has elements of rapping, right? Do we call them hip-hop? Do we not? You know where it's gone to now, where it's melody-based rap? Mm. It's not a bad thing. It just means that, like, what's palatable to a certain generation that came up from hip-hop, where it was the thing that was cool to be, not cool, but, like, you felt special because not many people, it was talking to you, like, Mm. So then as gener- generations go over, no, older, they remember that time of what music actually spoke to them. Yeah. And that was relatable. Um, so See, I think, yeah, like uh, my, my opinion of what hip-hop is has evolved a lot over time. Like hip-hop is actually a feeling. It's not necessarily rhyming words and telling this story. It's actually just a feeling. You could be singing. You could be – it could be to do with dialect, like um, slang. It could be hip-hop just in – is everything hip hop is from Soldier Boy to KRS One to yeah, it's it's everything you know. Like people try to limit it, Occident to yeah. You might not like everything that hip hop is, but it encompasses a lot of things. And like we came up in an era of like now the well to make music back then you had to have a studio. Yeah, whereas look at us now, like we're speaking through microphones and something that does yeah. probably not to say that like you could do all medic type of stuff on here, but you get what I mean. Like the technology and accessibility to a lot of tools is easier now. So naturally as technology inc- in increases or the use of it increases and the capabilities increase, the the 
path to entry is is easier. Yep. And then that shows diversity mm. because you're not limited to going to a studio or a producer's house that or like a big producer and mm. like they molding you into something else because you don't have to have a record label. Whereas back then record labels had an idea of what you should sound like. Yeah. And probably you couldn't say anything to like Dre or Eminem mm. or 50 or Kanye. And they actually broke down doors of like, no, like it's okay to be yourself and express yourself because mm. it's more authentic that way. Yeah. And then the Kanye, kind of go to the Kanye and probably go to the La- the Wayne thing as well. It was like, it's okay to be like abstract and different. Yeah. Because Wayne, you kind of had to thank Andre for that. In a way, bro, like hip hop has sort of come full circle. and Like the whole mm. premise of why it started was like, you know, people couldn't necessarily afford instruments. So what did they do? You know what I mean? They started making beatboxing, making their own beats, or they got a record player out of Nana's house and or one that wasn't working and started spinning records and they found the break beat. Like it was very much like a DIY, we'll use whatever we've got to make something dope. and To express how we're, how we're feeling or how we're talking about. Yeah. yeah, and the game was really like commercialised and all these barriers are put up where... You know, only a few people could could rise to the top. Whereas now it's kind of almost in a way gone back to that. Like the startup costs to do, make music, make a podcast are quite low. Yeah. And it's really cool for creators, um, but it can be frustrating for like the public because there's heaps of dope shit out there, but you've got to like, you've got to filter through a lot of things now. It's like what you said at the beginning about the podcast, eh? There's no gatekeepers. It's just flooded and there's shit out there, but you've got to be able to find it. So there's pros and cons. Like it's like what you said about the podcast before, right? It's like there's so much content out there. Yeah. That like sometimes it's easier and more helpful just to stay in one select a few artists. Yeah. But like when people like follow sports teams, like they may love football, but they choose one team because they want to ride and die with that team. Yeah. But they can't like be fans of every single like element of that because it's just that's why I just don't understand. It's no offense to like Anthony Fantano. Mm. I, yeah, he might be the internet's <laughs> yeah, I'm getting there. worried right now. <laughs> You're like, oh, what are you gonna go? You want that smoke? <laughs> no, I don't want that smoke, bro. I don't want the smoke with Anthony Fantano. He might like get us, you know. <laughs> he might come over oh, to melon head. <laughs> what I'm I used to, to watch that show heaps, bro. Same. I don't anymore, but I used to. Same, but yeah. I just I looked at it from a like. I said I related to it because like my musical taste, my musical palette, so to speak, is very assorted. Like, yeah, pun intended. Like, I know what you mean. Um, draw from everything. You're kind of similar as well. Like, you're not yeah. fully hip hop. Yeah. And R and B. Like, you love mm. your chilies and yeah. everything else as well. And yeah, I like my electronica. And I come from I, I draw from different canvases or whatever. There's just like random That's things that like I mostly like hip hop, but there's like some probably songs that are just real random that I like that people would be like, "What?" Yeah, and I think I just like you people know? expressing. I just like the expression. Yeah, and it's a feeling. It eh? It's a feeling exactly. Yeah. Well, music is just like you can probably say that music saved your life. Mm. I yeah. know that without music, I wouldn't be doing. I know that sounds like super extreme, but like yeah, no, it's it true. It's true, you know. Yeah. Because like when music makes the like high times feel higher and it makes the low times not feel so low. 
Yeah, a lot of times, like, do you know what I mean? Easy it, to it, deal. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's it helps music, you through everything. Music is what you go to. Yeah, to feel better. Yeah, yeah. like sounds is what you because like with sounds, like it just takes me back to different places. Yeah, good, bad, or indifferent. Um, I mean that's why I like driving a lot because it's my opportunity to. Well, mind you, I listen to music all day, every day, more or less. Like yeah. at work, I'm listening to music. In the car, I'm listening to music. Yeah, when or I'm going podcast. to work, that's like my mindfulness, like listening to music. And sometimes the song calls me, I get so fucked off because I'm like, oh, this is a mean part of the song. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, hard. Yeah, hard. Or like, it was even if you're watching something on your phone and then someone gives you a call, you're like, Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know the vibes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah hard. Or even the whole thing of like when I'm wearing these headphones at work and like people who watch this, you know who who you are. But like I do walk around work like a bit like dancey. I'm always in rhythm. Like I'm always doing my thing, but like people just think I'm kinda of taking a piss. So they just like usually the headphones is code word for like don't bother me. Bro, it's the worst. People don't understand that though. Like I'm often wearing headphones and they start talking to you and it's like, I can't hear. <laughs> yeah, it's just that thing. <laughs> yeah, which I was like, people were just like, I don't know, like, you know who you are if you do watch this. I know there'll be some, some people who do watch this, but I mean, I don't, I'm not too phased. Yeah. If you yeah. interrupt me, because yeah. I mean, I've list, probably listened to that one album maybe like a hundred times. Like, but you want to listen to 101. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm like, or I'm waiting for that one part where yeah. that one drop in the song is going, or that one bar, or. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that transition from one song to another, like. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so fire. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's like, and this is the thing about like a sort of sweets, right? It's, we use music as, I find it, and you probably find it as well, right? it's like you learn a lot from listening to other people's pers- perspectives on their own situations not to say that we're we can relate to different things mm. but sometimes i i feel like i have i've been to new york because of what i've listened to from those early 90s records yeah. or la because the music i don't necessarily get the same vibe from listening to like say some sort of like rock in that era that i do with hip-hop because hip-hop is very much descriptive and you've seen the visuals of it. Like, yeah. it's, seen, it's the real side of it. And I, like, do you find that? Like, you know, you, you haven't been to many of these places, no. but you feel like you've been there, but it makes you more excited to go to these places when we ever get the opportunity to get it does. out there. Eh? And I think for me as well, like, when I listen to, like, I like a lot of music that's, like, about things that are just totally foreign to my upbringing, my world. But, you know, I think of like um, Griselda at the moment was is hard. I listen to heaps of that, and I by no means on a on an actual level can I relate to what they're talking about. But what I actually pick out of it is I pick some of the game out, and I like like the game that they're talking about. Twisted. Yeah, it might be about selling drugs or this or that, but like a lot of that game can actually be related to like business or just life in general. Hundred percent. And and sometimes. There's certain emotions that are in the music that just anyone on a human level can relate to. And I think like pain, yeah, struggle, hard, suffering. Like it's it all happens but in different ways for us in our life. And and that's yeah. what I pick out of the music. It's not that I relate to like all the tales and stories that happen. 
or sometimes I'm just interested as like a viewer, as a spectator to to like be like, wow, that's what happens in the, that person's world. It's like yeah. reading a book. Like yeah. we relate to the story. We might not relate to the story, but we enjoy hearing about it. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, that's where I was kind of going with like Anthony Fantano of if you listen to so much, but we know that some of the best albums that were like, some sometimes you you can't call an album a classic straight away, like no, because your own definite like one album, like say he reviews shit way too quickly. That's my point. You it's need like, to like sit with you need music to sit with it for ages. Like yeah. what? It, where are you listening to it? Are you listening to it in your room and you only listen to music in your room, mm. or do you listen to music like on a drive or at night time or daytime? Like, we listen to music, like, all day, every day. Not to say that we're, like, aficionados of, like, music. However, different music sounds better in different places. So, like, when you're walking down, like, concrete jungles and you're playing, like, 90s music Mm. in a city, you're like, oh, wow. Because it kind of sounds very much, like, underground, gritty, like, trying to make a way in a big city. Yeah, yeah. But then... There's different music that like sounds better at night time and all that sort of stuff. You have to pick. Sometimes I find picking different scenarios or different environments. You know, coastal driving. Okay, I'll flick on some New Zealand music that yeah. I'm, I'm into, like some Cell Dub or Fat Freddy's, um, because it goes with that landscape that I'm I'm visually looking at. Like it's the visualizer that's coming from my eyes. Mm. Whereas, like, say, if I'm working on a computer screen. Like, what music really goes with that? Like, yeah. um, I don't know, maybe some like electronic to kind of get me through it. But yeah, yeah, if you get what I mean, like, yeah. if you listen to music in one, if the only time, and it's not to knock anyone because not everyone's fully into listening to music all the time. But once you understand like the message, and it's music's like onions. We've said it before. It's like late. It's like. Mm. Every time you listen to a Griselda or say every time I listen to like Jay's Blueprint or yeah. Jay's Black Album or my al- albums are like Kid Cudi or any album that I have any sort of love or affinity to, I learn something new every time because I'm looking at it a different perspective or documentary or film because yeah. you look at it different things. That's why I think I struggle now with like the definition of like what a classic is and I don't I'm not really as inclined to say things are a classic because like should a classic be a, an album where there is literally not one song that you're not hyped about because if that's the definition of a classic I don't know if it, I, I would consider any music to be a classic 100% isn't music to be enjoyed like yeah and I or is I, it to be like Put up on a wall and just admired, you know? Like, kind of well, how we talk about, like, we probably have... Like, if like I think a Good Kid, Mad City, like, it's an incredible album, but I can think of two songs that I don't like on that album mm. that I skip when I put that album on. So does that mean it's not a classic? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm be overthinking yeah. it, you know? Sometimes I feel that, like, cl- albums are dubbed classic based well, on the time. I the really time like Illmatic. Yeah. But... There's one song on that album that I probably skip. So does that, that you know, this might be yeah. sacrilegious to say this shit, but. No, but I think it's like, it's um, like, I mean, the definition of classic is subjective, of course, but. 
I can I think, think of albums that are damn bloody close to it. Like Doggy Style is near unskippable for me. I haven't listened to it in ages, but like if I put that on, I can easily listen to that all the way through. AT Aliens, I can easily listen to that all the way through. I'd probably say Drake's Take Care. I can listen to that all yeah. the way. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, but everyone has these different palettes, eh? Because like yeah. for me, it's like Kid Cudi Man on the Moon. Ah, like there one. you go. That would it, be for you, it, right? That's for me. Yeah. And then like Weekend's Trilogy. In your like, mind, there's probably like a song that's the weakest song on. On Man that. On the but then, yeah, there is. There is. But it's still like the complete picture. Yeah. But some people are not album listeners. Yeah, true. Right. We live in a day and age where, like, we're playlist, we're playlist focused or vibe focused. Yeah, but I think like the the, I think people's definition of a classic is like, what does this album represent in that point in time relative to everything else that was released around it? So, you could give Good Kid, Mad City classic status because around that time, in that new last 10, 10 years post for. Kanye way like when we talked about the beginning of the podcast it's funny how things come full circle yeah because those the 50 M Wayne Kanye Nelly whatever they, five five factor they gave birth to the new the the, the three the, the the big three do really. you think though like I think people became desperate for a classic album like they had, like they they hadn't been much talk of classic albums during the two thousands, really, mm. but it became this thing in the early two thousand and tens where people really fixated on, is it a classic? And then it generated this like expectation. People started jumping to the term really quickly. I found that as well. Eh? The last ten years was very much like, is it a classic or not? It's like if it's not, it became a cla- new like not a new term, but like. It was thrown around a lot. It's like when we've talked about like kind of like survey scales, and yeah. it's like, do you like us or do you not? Mm. Is it if it's a, if it's dubbed a classic, it's like hailed awesome. But if it's not dubbed a classic, it's trash. But their album's not actually trash. Yeah, like relative to maybe the rest of his catalog, like it's kind of that argument of like, do not, does Nas have a better album than Illmatic? Well, you can't make Illmatic again, just like. Eminem can't replicate. That was one thing that was a learning. It's like Eminem's like kind of the hate for Eminem. Yeah. Like around that time. Where it was like, hang on. The dude doesn't need to rap anymore. But do you realise that like he was kind of a saving, he was like Dre's next thing that was super influential. Yeah. Brought lyrics. So he's still the biggest artist in the world and the biggest artist in the world is probably arguably one of the Top tier lyricist. Yeah. Okay. No one else has been able to do that. So why are you like cancelling? Not cancelling him, but like yeah. saying that he's crap. Like he's never going to be, it's not that he's never going to, but you look at Griselda. Yeah. And they're signed by Shady. Mm. But it's not, not to say that like Griselda need that, but still, lyrics. And the influence. Yeah. Like Kendrick is influenced by Eminem. Many rappers are influenced by Eminem. Yeah, Eminem's got a, like a a genuine love for the craft of writing rhymes. Yeah. Whether we like his music or we don't like his music. It's a bit like Wayne. Like when those two get together, they have this really like, it's a really cool like understanding of one another because when they yeah. have podcasts together or conversations with each other, 
they're constantly trying to find new ways to say different things or they yeah. s- listen to themselves as like oh man I, I like watched I've always been like Wayne had his like Tunchi cave thing and he interviewed Eminem and he was like yo I use genius all the time I have to genius myself because <laughs> I need to be able to say like have I said this before or has yeah. anyone else said this before yeah yeah but I don't know I know I, I always digress but sometimes people on genius get too I think they come up with explanations that the artist didn't <laughs> intend. They get to they the make it like a quadruple entendre, and then the rapper's like, "Fuck, I didn't even I mean to." Mean. I was that's not what I was meaning. Well, shot, shot. <laughs> I was, I was. I mean, it was like it takes like a real artist actually to realize, like, you know. I think like I think some of the rappers are actually honored by what the people are actually like annotating. Like they're like, "Wow, but yeah, I, I thought that, of that." But I think that's the thing, right? Yeah, it's like um. You listen to an album, and if it's, you might get education from it, you might get just anything from it, but you pick up the parts that are palatable to you in mm. the sense of like, wow, I've never heard that before, and this gravitates to me, or that one line, yeah, or just the soundscape of a little, like for me, like, uh, I mean, Kid Cudi's Man on the Moon is like so like, crazy to me because it just at that point in time it made so much sense yeah i was kind of riding around See, this alone. so i think sometimes it's the the impact on you or the time or whatever that can make it classic so like kid cuddy that album had a huge impact for you at that mm. point in your life so like for yeah. you that's forever classic i think um the carter three had a huge impact on music in 2008 the impact is what was classic Yes, it's it not had. the album. It's, it's not necessarily track by track. It's the impact it had, eh? Correct. Yeah. And classic status isn't given to... Because Carter 3 wasn't hailed an instant classic when it dropped. I remember reading the reviews. But you think about... Looking like back. You look back at what it represented. Yeah. Like, for me, I look at... It represented, like, Wayne is here now. He's here on that level now. Like, he's been rapping his ass off on all these mixtapes. There's been all this hype, speculation, and he's delivered an album. Like, I know he had other albums, but, like, that was, like, the album that took him to that next. Yeah. Like, I'm one of the dudes now. I'm I'm a yay. I'm a, I'm 50. I'm a M. I'm, I'm that stature now. Hard. And then that birthed. Like, he went from the two. middle to the top. Yeah. And he birthed Drake and Nicki. Yeah. Which... You think about like Nikki's flowers. Mm. In the end of the 2010s, how many female MCs are there now who are probably 10 years younger than us? Yeah. They came up on Nikki. They mm. came up on Drake. Like the conversation of like if you're 10 years old and you just found hip hop for the first time, like when I was 10 years old, the first album that I remember was like, Get rich, I try. Mm. And around that time, it was like Scrub the Crusader. Like, yeah. So I remember them at like 10. When people were 10, which like, I don't know, like think about like how generations work, right? And those key influence. Like when we were 18, whoever was 10 had that 50 moment with Wayne. Mm. So is little is like Carter Free held a classic at the very point in time or retrospectively 10 years on 
thinking about what it's birthed. Yeah, you got it. That's what it's birthed. It's what it's birthed. It's birthed. Like if you think about like Drake, Nicky, Thug, the countless Ace Hood. Yeah. Well, or anything like more people and li- little this, little that. Yeah. But if you think about Kanye, what Kanye mm-hmm. really birthed, in my opinion, was the album. The complete album. Whereas Wayne was very much like single, like you looked I think at reinventing yourself on every album too. Re- exactly. And that, that's something that I think Kendrick really took out of his notebook. In terms of a complete body of work, like yeah. body of work artists. And I'm going to push the envelope further. I'm going to push myself further each album to deliver something different lyrically, sonically, aesthetically. Yeah, and I think that's why Drake, and say what you want about Drake, like Drake is, and this is a very simple comparison, very underwhelming comparison, but Drake looks at Kanye, despite their whatevers, Drake has this like, he's an album artist like Kanye, yeah, but he is a Lucy artist like Wayne. So you saw Wayne, how he had the run before Cutter 3, and hopping on every single song, like Make It Rain, um, I can't even think of Make It Make Rain, but you can think of all those features that he did, and then Drake's run of features. Kanye kind of did the same thing, but in his own style. We've talked about 50. 50 didn't have real massive features he kept to himself. Eminem didn't really have many features he kept to himself. Yeah. That Kanye, Wayne, Wayne actually probably made features the highlight. Yeah. So you see Wayne and Kanye in the last 10 years, they were probably more influential than 50 because against the rap, like Drake, what am I trying to say? I think you kind of know where I'm going is that one's a very much Lucy kind of feature standout and then... Kanye is more about the complete body of work and reinventing yourself. Yeah. So you can see that Drake has both of those quite clearly because he came up under Wayne and he saw Kanye as his biggest influence. I think Drake was, like my point of view is he was quite fixated, I thought, on creating like a classic album up until about probably Views and then... Then after that, he was more like, oh, fuck it. I'm just going to give the people what they want, the music they want. And I've got like a real huge fan base who like different things about me. So I'm going to give them the hotline blings and I'm going to give them the the rides or whatever, you know? And he just, he, everything. I'm going to stop trying to do that and they can create my own, their own playlists because the game is actually heading in that direction where the fans want to create their own, they want to make their own albums, which are their own playlists. Yeah, all that. Like you, but I think he was trying real hard to deliver, like a classic up until about that point. And take care to me is a classic, hard. And you think about care package, yeah. Now I had this thing of like, you put in all Drake's Lucy's, it's pretty solid, yeah. As a a body of work, is it an album? Well, an album is really just a the word album is like a collection of things like. It's like when you have a photo album. Mm. Yeah. Does and it I've, I've matured a lot as a fan and like the fact that I'm saying this, I probably never thought I would have said this five years ago. I, I thought Kendrick was like, you know, Rakim, Nas. But if I had to put, I could put a playlist, to get, playlist together more easily of Drake's songs that I really like than I, and, and 
and listened to for a long time than I could have Kendrick. Because of the melody? I, don't, I just Kendrick? think I like the songs better. You know, and I'm at a point where I don't care what it's cool to like this or that. I just, I could. What's palatable to you? Yeah. Yeah. And I, oh, I, I used agree. to be such a dude, oh, I don't want to buy that person because he's mainstream, everyone likes him, but I, I like more songs of his than I do a Kendrick's. I'm the same. But then I'll put on a Kendrick album, like, wow, this dude's so clever, he's so deep, he's so layered. But I find myself listening to more Drake than Kendrick. I agree. Like, I listen to more Drake than Kendrick. However, when I put on a Kendrick album, I'm like, well, this is why I love Kendrick. Mm. But because Kendrick, like, I get a bit overwhelmed sometimes. Mm. Like, but again, he's like a bit like Jay and Nas. Like, I can't listen to Illmatic every single waking moment, but mm. I probably could listen to, like, Kanye and Drake a little bit more, or Wayne. Like, yeah, it's more palatable, but more of a, the deep science of the storytelling or every single element. Mm. Like, Kendrick, like, I'll go back to his stuff. I'll always be looking for Kendrick. Yeah. But I think it's just, it's just interesting. Like, and that's probably where I, um, why I love the vinyl medium so much. Yeah. Or. So yeah, don't get me wrong. If I put on Good Kid Mad City or. Yeah. Section 80, I'll be like, wow, this is amazing. Still, you know, like, but I just don't see myself, I don't find myself doing it very often. Mm. But I, Yeah. It's that re. It's not. It's not that it has replay. I don't. Ugh, I think we digress. But well, I know I. Do. It's quite a heavy listen, eh? Like some of that stuff is a heavy listen. You don't always want to listen to some save the world shit. <laughs> you know, like you got to you got to be in the mood for that sometimes. <laughs> like oh yeah. <laughs> like, am I gonna be listening to like? And I'm the same. Like, am I gonna listen to Ghetto Boys or Scarface like every single moment, mm. or am I actually gonna be listening to Outkast every single day? Mm. No I'm going to be listening think that's to something why, that gives me a vibe I think that's why personally bro I've gravitated so heavy to Griselda recently Is because it's actually Like it's lyricism but it's simple It's just like dudes spitting hot be- like Sorry Dudes spitting like real lyrics Like with witty You know punchlines, catchphrases They're just doing like the art of hip hop And it's just quite stripped back And it's like complicated but not overly complicated Do you get what I mean? But like, it's exciting because yeah. it's like it's the quite, volume. It's quite minimal and it's quite, and then the volume is cool too, but like the, qu- the quality is not compromised because of the volume. That's probably the thing that I like about it. Yeah. Like Griselda is pretty much. Like I just want to hear a dude spit some hot shit over a mean beat. Like I think I'm just at that point currently. I think what Griselda. And, and that's my whole time as a precious commodity. I'm just like, fuck, I don't, I don't really want to think about hooks. I just want to think about raps because I just like dope raps. Yeah. And that's what I think about Griselda. Like, Griselda's pretty much, like, every single out. There's a clear, when Benny does Burden to Proof, or Gun does, you know, Pray Paris, or mm. um, Conway does, you know, King from God or whatever. Yeah, those are probably more conscious efforts to think. From a fan perspective, I don't yep. know if they treat it like that. I think they do. But... Pretty much they're just for new version of like mixtape era. Yeah. If you think about it, like you think about like when Fifty was doing all his stuff. Yeah, you got it, bro. It's got that mixtape era vibe. All and their music does, because mixtape era music was just about spitting. Yeah, and you think about all the people like Wayne. We like Wayne because of dedications. 
Yeah. Because in between those albums, sometimes those dedications were like the heat. Yeah. I, I, li- I waited for the dedications. Or any of his mixtape stuff, like Drought 3. Yeah. Or like some of the 50 G-Unit like tapes, the like Huku ones, or like some of my favourite like G-Unit stuff because it's so rare at the moment in time. Yeah. What Griselda are doing now with their output is very much mixtape era. But the thing is, is that like every single one that they're doing is hailed like awesome within their cult fan, fan base. Mm. And they don't need mainstream. Yeah. It's because hip-hop has gone so big. Like the amount of hip-hop heads, like pure hip-hop heads, say 30 years ago, yeah. it was niche relative to everything else. Mm. But now as hip-hop has grown and matured, there's more hip-hop heads yeah. like in the world. Mm. So then Griselda's or Kendrick's or Cole's get more, I wouldn't necessarily put them in the same lane, but there's more people, there's more of a market or appetite for lyricists relative to like a Vanilla Ice or whatever. Yeah. They can, everyone can compete in the same space. Yeah. Because there's more hip-hop heads who like those lyricists back compared to like back in the day. It was more, it wasn't as mainstream. Yeah. Because people have grown. People still... I yeah, I think it's and it's really cut through for the likes of us where probably like this the soundscape of music at the moment is heavily heavily driven by like super processed vocals with maybe a bit of auto tune and this and that. I call it kind of candy floss music. I don't mean to like I do like some of it, but like it's it's really cut through because these dudes have come through with just their regular voices and they're just spitting, you know, no melody. So it's kind of like kind of like we talked about earlier, something needs to come through and kind of change, like cut through the soundscape that's a little bit different because everything becomes oversaturated with what's popular. Yeah. And everyone starts doing it and the market's just flooded with it and then people just get like, oh, I'm ready for a change now. Yeah. But then and, and that change I feel is coming. I'm not, like I love Griselda, but I don't know if they're necessarily the change, but there'll be some change. I think music, hip-hop music is due for some sort of change sonically that'll come soon. What is well, I've no idea what it'll be. I've seen the change of like more females in rap, yeah, or more female artists leading and dominating, yeah, like the, but like the R and B melody thing, like. It's I almost just expected now, though, eh, that a rapper can sing. Yeah, but I'm very much. This is where. I don't know. Candy Flox music, as you put it, <laughs> and I know there's that's like for that, that's eh? a, there's some smoke. <laughs> I don't necessarily agree. Like I however. like future, I like some of that stuff, but but to me, that's what it sounds like. Yeah, future light, Wayne light. Yeah, I say it light versions of something. If you're a light version of something. Yeah. You're just trying to be a version and emulate something, right? Yeah. There are people who maybe are inspired by that particular sound, but they try to have their own flavor to it. They don't try to emulate every single part because that was the formula. Like, 
for me, this candy floss stuff, as you put it, which it's better than SoundCloud rap. It's and just my opinion. It's not yeah. Your, yeah, it's yeah. your opinion. And, yeah. it's not like, and like, I have, like, I have a palette. My palette is my own palette. Mm. Everyone, we just have opinions. Yeah. So, like, when I like, hear a dude like Roddy Rich do it, I can hear that there's something special about it that distinguishes it from. I'm not going to name a name because I don't want smoke. But like from someone else, or like say like Pop Smoke does his thing. We talked about it. Like when Pop Smoke, did I love Pop Smoke, but yeah. the voice it was the package. Yeah, but it's his own and his own way. Like you believe, like what he was doing. Why it was that drill wave. It's his own flavor of it. Like when you hear a Pop Smoke, you hear Pop Smoke. And he came with like a real deep voice when there was, there's not really, wasn't anyone in the rap game or in that lane who had like such a commanding deep voice. So he really cut through. Well, it's like, what, um, Fug. Yeah. Yeah. Like Fug, there's like Fug, Fug Migos future in that, that Atlanta thing. Mm. Where. And I, could, I love Migos. People I, could put a blanket over quite a like lot of that. Quite a Thug too. Yeah. Yeah, same. But, but then, like, the people who are emulating it are probably doing the watered-down candy floss version. Exactly. Yeah. And it's it's that candy floss is, like, you can't consume candy floss all the time because it'll rot your teeth out or maybe yeah. rot your ears out. <laughs> but my main yeah. thing is, like, <coughs> you can have clear, clear influences. However, everyone, we know all the greats have influences. Yeah. Because you can see it. Um, we know that Kendrick. When you hear Kendrick, you can you know it's Kendrick. Yeah. However, you know where he draws his inspiration from. Yeah. That's the difference. It's Kendrick is Kendrick because he has his own purpose and message. Cole is 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 Cole because he has his own influence and message. Yeah. If you have your own influence and message and your own purpose, that will that will be the leading thing. Yeah. So it's the art first, the artiste. I think something real important that I learned as a student to the game is when you like, when you heard about people like Eminem and Kendrick, like, and they would list their influences, their influences, like, they had a huge list. It wasn't just like one person, you know, like, yeah. M had Jadakus, he had Redman, he had Master Ace, he had maybe KRS One, he had LL Cool J, all different, Tupac, Biggie, all different people, you know, like, Kendrick had a whole range too, Corrupt, Prodigy, J, DMX, like, I, for mm. an artist starting out, sometimes it's important that you you listen to a range of things. You don't just try to emulate one mm. person that you super super admire. Because and why would you want to just be a carbon copy? You want to like soak up all your or actually that one person who like if you like pop smoke and again it's no hate on drill stuff. Yeah, I like it. Can I relate to it? No. Does it? Do I get energy from listening to that sort of stuff? Yeah, it's kind of similar to like Gangster yeah. Rap. But if you listen to Pop Smoke and just think Drill and don't realise that he comes with the 50 lane and all the other influences, yeah, I hear 50 in Pop. It's clear. We know that. But don't just look at one artist and I want to emulate that. Actually realise that the influences of that one person and we study how he got to that sound. Yeah. And find the music that resonates with you. And again, you take bits and bits and bits and 
that's when you form your own sound. Yeah. That's distinctive to you. But then your message. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Of, that's what I think about hip hop is like. And pick from like, you can pick from different eras too. There's so much music that exists. And I know? just think like with hip hop, it's like, we know like. Sometimes you've got to study, go back and study the past to be able to push things forward. Yeah. This is just my opinion. Like, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. No, no, no. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but again, it's like our opinion based on. Like, what I we think like about the last to. week, like some music I've listened to on my pod, uh, sorry, on my playlist, like it, it ranges from um, Bailey Wiley, who's a New Zealand artist, to um, Conway the Machine from Griselda, to Bubba Sparks, to. Um, yeah, Young Thug or. Young Buck. Like, oh, it's just so varied, you know? But the thing is that when you list all of them, yeah, they're all different, but you know when each one of them are, when you're listening to them, they don't sound like anything else. Yeah. That's the difference. Mm. Like, they don't get lost in the rest. Yeah, yeah. They're their own individual set. Yeah, you na- you nailed it. That's yeah. that's probably the, the long-winded point, but They've I was trying to They've got a strong identity, eh? Identity yeah. and purpose. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's clear. Yeah. That's the thing. That's why I listen to music for. It's like... Like, I read this book about um, Dizzy Rascal once. It was a pretty whack book. But one point that I really remember clearly is Dizzy said, I was never... I never considered myself to be the most talented rapper. I knew other brothers who were a lot more talented than me. But he said, the difference was I knew the sound of the music I wanted to rap on and I, and I knew how I wanted to sound. Mm. Like... He had a clear identity. Hard. And that's why Dizzy really cut through. Yeah. Yeah. And even though Dizzy didn't invent grime, because grime is kind of a deviation of garage and there's yeah. always political stuff between Dizzy and Wiley or whatever it is. Yeah. But Dizzy really did pioneer that sound from a mainstream studio album perspective. Yeah. He was the first one to do it. But you know... His, that sound was so special. That's why I love that Boy in the Corner album because it it hadn't been heard before in that, that yeah. range and that mass. And it's that energy that is classic. Yeah. That's classic. Yeah, yeah. MIA, her, like that sound is yeah. classic. Yeah. Like you can say classic moments or classic sounds. It's not classical music, but like, what it spawned is my definition of classic. Yeah. So when we go back to the Kendrick thing, I don't, I, it's too early to see the impact of Kendrick. Is Kendrick the tail end of the greats in that format? What's the, I haven't seen the, the impact of Kendrick. To be honest, maybe just having more focus on albums. I hate to compare, but I'm going to do it. Like Kendrick to me is just like a modern day Andre 3000. He's like the continuation of Andre 3000. Yeah. Mm. But then who's the, yeah, I don't know. You can go and the trees are very muddled. Because these new artists pull from everything. I and don't know how I feel about it. Like that's just how I feel. Yeah. But I feel that like these a lot of people that do a certain thing, they don't actually understand what they're doing and who they're drawing from. Yeah. And who the pioneers are. Yeah. That's the only thing that I see. 
because again to earlier on where we talked about like our we came up an era where we've seen or where 90s babies are quite unique mm. from a time of understanding and it's not to say i don't know i could be catching a lot of heat from this mm. it's not to say that 90 babies are unique i mean everyone's unique in the era that they come up in but from a a technology standpoint a soundscape standpoint a film standpoint we are quite a in a rare sort of space where we've seen in a short period of time in 30 years or say 20 years of actually yep. understanding life and moving around independently yeah, the age yeah. of 10 so 10 to 30 in that 20 years alone we've seen a lot of change in yep. the world yeah that's true from not even thinking that technology is a thing and the biggest thing was a vortex megahella mm. or water balloons or 10 cent lolly bags to now other things yeah or technology and consuming stuff i don't know it's just it's just interesting and I'm just interested to see in the next, like if this generation now has all tech, what are they going to save? I know. What's what's they going to be there when they look back and be like, I remember that I was using an iPad at school. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. But then that the knowledge has just been beamed into my head or some shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> you get what I mean? Yeah, though? yeah. Because like, I know that like, I'm not saying, because we are in the same era, what were like our parents saying? Like, oh, I remember when it's this. Yeah, if you get what I mean. They probably like I remember that we couldn't even fly. Mm. Like flying overseas was <laughs> crazy. We yeah. hit the boat or something. I don't know. I'm not saying that, but yeah, yeah. you get what I mean. Yeah, like I don't know. I know we digress. I do think another take on like classic music. So we've sort of said that. You know, there might be certain time frames or like um, periods of the influence it's had on you make it classic. Mm. But I think an, another thing is like how like music from the past sounds today. Timeless. Because I think some albums that people consider classic that you put on now sound terrible and some still sound really good. 100%. Like I can think of one album that's like from mid to late 90s, Gangstar's Moment of, Tr Moment of Truth, like that album, to me, personally, it still sounds dope. Like it still sounds super relevant, even though it's an old album. Yep. But then there's moments on Carter 3 for me that feel dated. Like La La. Yeah, yeah. Or the one with T-Pain, I forget what it's called. But oh, to me, it, money. Yeah, to me it sounds a bit dated. Because of... What they've represented around there. Mm. Yeah. Early auto tune. Yeah. Get what you mean. But sometimes it can be a good dated. Like if I put on Ja Rule, it takes me back to when I was a teenager and like at happy times. Yeah. But it does sound dated, you know. I bet if I played that for like a youngin, they'll be like, what is this old shit? You know? Hard. Yeah. Or when we're in again. Like our palette is, but I reckon if us. I played a young and a Quemini, they'd be like, "Oh, oh, that kind of sounds like Fug or Kendrick or something." Whatever. You know, like I yeah. reckon that's just what I think. Yeah, mm. I remember playing someone outcast once, and they thought, "Oh, what is this?" Like, that's the generational thing that I like. 
I, like I really like how cuss. <laughs> yeah, but I, I like I like that. And like that was the thing about me when like I saw the Kiwi podcast with like Teo and I was saying like have you listened to Nas? Yeah. And I don't hate people for not listening to all that stuff. Yeah. Because his favourite artist was J. Cole. Mm. But we know that J. Cole is influenced by Nas. Yeah. Not to say that J. Cole is a carbon copy. He is his own individual but his style is coming from a lot of other people as you said he's probably pulled from many other people outside of nas mm. so then if everyone put hails in a certain era hails j cole the goat then they kind of get bits of different artists so then when you do play them an outcast or do play them an l matter for the first time like, oh wow okay I do like this because this is similar to like J. Cole or whatever. True. If you get what I mean? Yeah, yep. I do get what you mean. So yep. it's like um I see that is It's like man, I love yeah. I love Big Crit, like yeah, but I, I and I don't hate on this, but like he is like a he is he is a child of Pimp C, Scarface, Eight Ball M- MJG. Like mm. He's a, he's a he he studied the people he really loves and he's created big crit, and I don't yeah. hate him for that. But like you can you can hear the lineage if you listen to those artists. I think you just hit now on the head. Outcast though. as well. Sorry, you hit okay. now on the head. <laughs> yeah, hit now on the head though. He studied all this stuff. Yeah, and then he made big crit. Yeah, that's the point. Mm. You're making something. It's I want to be identified as big crit. This is what big crit sound is. Yeah. That's what I listen to music for. Mm. I don't want it to sound snobby, Mm. but I have respect for people who know themselves. That's Mm. why I like hip-hop, of the believable stuff, Mm. or understanding, okay, this is your sound and your sound alone. Even though it's a delineate, well, it's related to so many other people, but I know when you hop on a song, you sound... It's your voice. Mm. Like, for me... I guess unless you're, like, one of the original OG OGs, you know, like Grandmaster Flash or something, you're going to be influenced by someone. Like, people said Biggie was influenced by Big Daddy Kane or, you know, there's always going to be... Rakim and everything. Nas was influenced by Rakim and people always are going to draw these comparisons, though. Yeah, it's just doing family trees. Yeah. It's exactly it. Because everyone is values are passed down, or tastes are passed down. Russ, I'd so say like because I know Cuddy's like one of your favorite artists. I'm not sure where he came from, but he may have come like his his influences are probably beyond hip hop as well. Eh? Like a bit, but you can hear Pharrell. Oh yeah, in him, you can hear Tribe. Yeah, you know Kanye. Any of that being artsy and being yourself and not being mainstream, the only thing that Cuddy probably took it a step further on was being it's okay to be yourself. Yeah. Like, like kind of really being who you are when you're saying everything. And ex- Yeah, he really talked about some shit that might not have been quote-unquote cool to say, but he made it, he was just out and open with it, eh? Yeah. yeah, and I think the only difference between a Kid Cudi 
and a Joe Budden is that Joe Budden was probably on it earlier, vulnerabilities. Yeah. But it didn't have that. It it wasn't the right time for it. But yeah, and sometimes those people who are the, the OG OGs, they just don't get their flowers. There's been so many inventions over time, you know, mm. where people don't always get the the accolade. Yeah. And people who are flourishing in the art form of hip hop or R and B. Yeah. That look at the the ones that are probably when they grew up, like the fifties or whatever. Like mm. say say for us, like if we were like we held good get rich don't the if we held the first artist or the the first say five years of artists that we kind of really loved. Yeah. And we said like, okay, that fifty cent G unit, Eminem, whatever era, and we never went back to understand anything else and that was held as the goat, that's fine. The difference is, is that we've come in an era of understanding how niche it was and understanding where everything came from yeah. to get to this point. So it's a difference. It's just a difference of like where you're drawing from. And because music is so varied now and there's a lot of EDM and different genres... I, t- I tended genres. to lose a little bit of interest on going back past 1990. Like, I, I did, but... The beef documentaries are, yeah. like, for us, enough to be able to get a gauge on. There's on not the really part. many 80s artists that I... I don't mean this disrespectfully, but I don't... Well, the 80s artists... Up. But I mean when you hear 90s artists talking, hey, they put the 80s artists up there. Yeah. Fuck, even Nas still puts, like, Slick Rick, all those people... Yeah. You think that Slick Rick yeah. was probably a good one, a little. Yeah. I still remember Slick, Slick Rick on like Chameleonaire, some Chameleonaire right. Hip Hop Police one. Yeah, yeah. That's fire. And he's like collaborated with a lot of other people in that like early 2000s and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. People have nods to him. I do like KRS, some of his music. Yeah. Yeah. F- yeah. But again, that's point in time. But yeah. again, would you hate KRS if he went, like, started to try and do something else? Mm. Would I? Yeah, well, would uh. you have respect for it? Like, if you decided, oh, I'm going to do an an EDM trap melancholy alb- album and I'm going to go out under KRS cloud or something. Do you, brother? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of, man. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like Ice-T when he does body count. Yeah. Yeah. And there's another one. This is a random. It only came because he won won a Grammy for body count. It's like it? metal. Yeah. Like and it's not about Grammys, but it's just like interesting yeah, that like yeah. everyone has different. Everyone has different tastes. Yeah, they do. On the sort of sweets. Yeah. But it's buzzy. What I'm actually thinking now, brother, as yeah, I'm looking because this is the first time you've seen this. It has an. Hour, we've been talking for an hour and a half, brother. Yeah, it's flowing Which is by. sick. Yeah, yeah. What I'm thinking... And we were speculating, what are we going to talk about? <laughs> freestyle. <laughs> this is a spoken word freestyle. So like, this is just, just what we do. And, yeah, then we, and then we end up saying, like, oh, shit, I better go and yeah. pick up someone or make dinner <laughs> or I think we pr- dog. We probably started off this chat eh, with talking about our love for content, where it started. And like we went into like classic albums, what they were, what they are. That was a that was a heavy part of the convo, but we deviated often. Deviated, but kind of sometimes yeah. relates back, and I mean, but that's that's the assorted sweets. And I think the component. sort of I think so. the yeah, and the yeah. sort of sweets thing is like probably for us are just a lot of 
we may play this back individually yep. to us because that's just again it's con- you create your own sometimes you create your own content yeah um and then try and break it down into again yep. those assorted sweets because we do talk about different things yeah it might last for like a couple of minutes or whatever it is but they're all ways and sort of sweets yeah what I'm thinking brother is because you're connected to the blue if you want to pick a song okay. from your and we can just test this out see if this works as you know I've done that a couple of times on on the other podcasts but like it'll be new for us to you pick a song and then I might just grab your phone and I'll pick another song or we can rock paper scissors and whoever picks up first we might so, next so I'll play a song that I'm like real real into at the moment eh? Yeah, and I'll yeah. do the same thing. Okay. Yeah, this is just a, and this will just be interesting because sometimes when I've played a song, like the day day after you say, "Hey, you heard the song?" I was like, oh, "Yeah, no, I played that." Mm. Like we're kind of similar, sometimes similar ways, but sometimes totally different. So I think we might. I think we might be off on this one. I think but we will be, brother. Know. I think we will be, okay. brother. <laughs> This I'm is confident. um this is a track I'm heavy into at the moment. Um yeah, it just gets me pretty amped up. Niggas feel like I got my books up in 11 Tell them pussy niggas come get the fuck up on my level Yeah 
This how it feel to wake up and you don't own nobody shit. Not an explanation, not no compensation. Drug administration, suck a nigga dick. When my daddy ran over Eddie with the motorcycle, he ain't been that nigga since. Seen a transform the crackhead. I got 20 Fred, can I get a hit? Nigga, dang. Fuck you, Friday was such a great holiday that I thought I would explain the holiday season. You just explain why you picked that one, brother, because while I've kind of now that we're back on black on the back on the ear, why I, I find I, my one, bro. I think for me, like especially a psycho rapper, like you always, like I always like to listen to artists that technically um, amaze me and challenge me, and I think, fuck, I can't do that, like. Because it really like stretches my skill set, and it's like, yeah. man, I want to keep getting better because, like, I'm all about progression, you know, in love with the process yeah, and love hard. with improving. And hard. his flows on that, bro, are just incredible. Like, the, the amount of switch ups, and it's just a damn heavy beat. Like, that stuff just it just bangs. Like, do you reckon would you classify Freddie as mid tier, or I, does I, he I, occupy something else? He occupies something else. You know what I fucking love about Freddie, bro, is he can occupy that artsy world. Like, he brings gangsterness to it. But, like, Mad Lib is, like, that artsy world. You know what I mean? And But he can the also art, just do straight, yeah. like, hood bangers as well. So the, so the like... It's like that. He's in that Mad Lib, J. Dilla kind of vibe. Yeah, and I've always loved artists, bro, who are, like, super street. But then they rap over, like, unusual production. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know that Hi. Guilty Simpson project with Apollo Brown? Like, you put me onto that. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love that project. It's yep. just like boom, bap, hip hop, but then it's like super street narrative. Hard. It's just like that juxtaposition, you know? It sounds 100%, cool. 100%, bro. Yeah. 100%. I'm really struggling to try and... I've, I've found it. I was just... I couldn't spell properly. Oh, yeah. But um, this one's just, just... I've been listening to this artist on the way when I drove from Auckland to Wally. As this is one song that probably this EP went under the under the radar a little bit. Yeah. For this one artist, but um let's not play this one. This is sick.
that was weekend wasted times. Oh, brother, so why'd you choose that song? I know. I mean, I just I weekends probably in the last like ten years, like my one of my top five because I love R and B. But yeah. we've kind of talked about like the weekend being very. Um, R&B always has this element of like rhyming in it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um but for the weekend like it's 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 rhyming with melody sense. It's not like trying to do like entendres and then like yeah. It's palatable based on like where it's taken. So where we say this candy floss sort of rap. Yeah. Because a lot of pop music is influenced by a lot of this music. It's yeah. probably, I'm, I'm kind of explaining why I love Weekend now, but why... Well, I, I just know the influence of The Weekend and Drake Yeah, in terms of the mainstream, in terms of this melancholy kind of singing and rapping, blendy sort of thing. The Take Care vibe. Because it's like R&B never really used to have that same level of realism, eh? Not to the point of, like, say, a track yeah. like that, that yeah. is quite dark and... It's crazy they're like... Would you say that's why you almost, like, why you do consider it to be, like, hip-hop? Is because, like, hip-hop is, like, there's always been a real element to it where it tells the nasty, the good, the bad. It tells everything. It's grimy. Yeah, Yeah. and that's why I like The Weeknd. Yeah. Because, like, from an R&B sense, like, I mean, we're off off while the song was playing. Like, I like The Weeknd because it's real. Like, it's relatable. Like, it's... I'll probably... I haven't experienced everything to the height of the weekend, but it's relatable to me because of <laughs> yeah. when I listened from Trilogy, um, that came out at a time that I was like on my way, I was in Dunedin still. And yep. then I kind of ended up moving up to Auckland where that's, because not to say like on, on the weekend, but like we're yeah. exactly the same age. And Bro, you actually introduced me to the weekend, and like I remember vividly when you yeah. did. You used to like flat, um, like opposite the business school, kind of in yeah. um, in Dunedin, and um, I'd come around and see you sometimes. I remember you pulled up on your laptop, um, House of Balloons. Yeah. So yeah, you actually got me into it. I mean, like, that was incredible. Yeah, like the weekend for me is weekend. Kid Cudi and Frank, those three in the last ten years, are ones that like I know. They're probably the first artists that, like, I actually discovered. Yeah. Where I've, I saw them from the very beginning. Yeah. To then see where they are now and to see the weekend the last 10 years. I know it was a long-winded explanation, but, like, from where, where Weekend was, House of Balloons era, when he was in Canada. Yeah. And a very isolated one-bedroom House of Balloons to now the biggest artist in the world. While I'm not the biggest human in the world, like where I've, I can retrospectively look at my relative house of balloons. Yeah, okay, that yeah. song I love just because I know I like that grimy sort of yeah. thing. Not to say that I've wasted times, but again, I I have retrospectively in my drive down. I mm. I look at my life and I'm like, eh, yeah, could have, yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. Bro, I can tell you're super connected to the song and the artist, you know? Yeah, yeah I mean, no, I but, I, but I'm very much R&B. Yeah. Like, I love my R&B. See, what you just said to me, bro, is like your three favourite, basically your three favourite artists of like the last whatever decade or more are uh, not quote unquote rappers. Do you know what I mean? Which 100%. is real cool. Yeah. yeah. But. And that's probably yeah. where we deviate a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas yeah. like. Where I'm like, spitter, spitter. But all, yeah. all three of them come from hip hop. 
Yeah, they too. 100%. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah so it's 100%. That, but like R&B has that vulnerability. Yeah. So like it's kind of, it's more okay to have that R&B vulnerability, but that hip-hop understanding. So yeah. that's probably what the last 10 years has actually represented. Mm. So no one, there's been a lot of versions of House of Balloons. Yeah. But no one has done House of Balloons. No yeah. one can't. Like you, yeah, there's Party Next Door. Has his own sound. Yeah, there's Tory Lanes. He was in Bryson Tiller. But no one can be like Trilogy era. Yeah. And no one can be Frank. And no one can be Kit Cuddy. Yeah. Because those three do have distinct different, but they've been very influential. Yeah. To the whole I think for me, soundscape. like I've never really liked R&B bro at all, to be honest, but those artists are palatable to me because kind of like what you're saying, they occupy, they've got a hip hop influence. Yeah. Um, and it's because for me, a lot of R&B was always quite corny. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But if you think about yeah. it, a lot of us R&B, a lot of like girls. As, aside from, I do yeah. like Lauren Hill and there are exceptions, you know? Exceptions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 There's always ones you can flick on, but yeah, for me, just, I don't know. There's a long-winded explanation of why I chose The weekend, But it kind of... That's some, the point, bro. But it, that's a sort of sweet. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. it kind of actually... Um, that's my definition of like some of the new music. It's you can see the clear influence of when you look at mainstream and you look at like the last like ten years of who's occupied the top ten. And it's not to say numbers, but like who we perceive as the top ten of like everyone listens to. They all come from hip hop. Yeah, they do. Yeah, that's the last ten years. Yeah. So what's the next ten years? Don't know. That's in a sort of sweet and so. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. Yo, well, we need to just have a, a debrief on this pod. But, yeah. bro, it was just sick to just actually do this in person, eh? It's like I long, know. like <laughs> long. We haven't done this for ages. I'm, it's nearly two hours, but, like, I don't know. If you get to the end, shot. Yeah. Um, you obviously are a real one, so hopefully, like, you just let us know. You can just hit us up. Yeah. Um. What was your sort of suite of this? Um, I'll be keen to know. Yeah. Is there something that, like, we missed? I look forward to locking in another time, you know? Yeah, hard. And I think this has probably represented that it works better doing this because this is new for us to actually... Yeah, face-to-face. Usually you're on the mic and it's weird for me to be on a mic in front of you and it's probably weird for you looking at me on a mic and I'm probably overthinking I that. think for like the first couple of minutes it was stranger than it just felt real natural bro I just got lost in the chat and you know that's kind of what we want to do I think so. that sometimes that's, that's yeah. the thing when you start off you're like oh this seems forced and then you yeah. forget about it Yeah, and I forget that I'm holding a microphone Yeah. so yo nah, sweet ass. thank Shout you guys. Cheers. catch you bye